Weird Things is brought to you by patreon.com slash weird things. Support the show. Hello and welcome to the Weird Things podcast with your four hosts. It's always been four hosts. It's just the way that it is and will always be. I'm Andrew Main, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello. Brian Brushwood. Oh, as always. Mr. Bryce Castillo. Uh, greetings. It's so good. Gentlemen. That, that the four of us, you know, <laughs> some people may say we should have shaken things up a while ago, but I'm glad that the four of us, as we always have, every single week have shown mm-hmm. up. I agree. That's right. It's always, and it's always been four. If you've ever heard, if you think you've ever heard this show. Yeah, no, it was never not that. That's right. Just read your Berenstein Bears. Exactly. That's right. It was never two people for three unreleased episodes. (laughs) 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 That's for sure. Wait, unreleased? Yeah. We never released them. Are they in the vault? I mean, God knows where they are. <laughs> I mean, how, how many how many hard drives that I've just like fried or 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 moved computers and never copied stuff over? But oh, I I I, th- I thought you used were used a power drill on like, when you heard a knock on at the, the door. Download. Hey, knock it off! <laughs> I thought you were accusing Bryce of not releasing the last like three episodes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Initially, Andrew and I were were looking to do it by ourselves, and then uh, uh, we we did a on a lark. We're like, well, let's do one with brian and then it was and then it was and then it was uh in it was the show and we were like well let's not release these other ones because we were batching them so we could all oh, that's right yeah oh anyway i forgot about those yeah <laughs> then we all die and then i shut uh, up yeah and then at some point we we adopted bryce and uh he's living a very healthy life and <laughs> i run yeah, on my yeah. wheel he's, i drink yeah. in my bottle oh, yeah he's great uh-huh. And so then, like Bryce wakes up in a hospital, and it was all a dream. <laughs> and we... He gets knocked out, but he gets yeah. up again. <laughs> They're uh. never gonna keep me down. <laughs> oh, good lord! So, a uh, lot to talk about here. Uh, first is uh, I want to do a little AI topic, and that is that there was a, a a decision was made. The U.S. federal court has confirmed that an AI system cannot patent inventions because they are not human beings. And oh, wait. Uh, okay, go on. So a little bit of background on this. Uh, there's a, a gentleman uh, by the name of Stephen Thaler who's who's filed some different things, copyrights and stuff before on behalf of patent on behalf of AI. And I have to tell you, speaking purely not at all related to any professional capacity I've done, this has caused so much confusion. Because court decisions and uh, decisions made by you know federal government offices are confusing by themselves, has led to people misreading this and saying things and things like, well, you know, you can't copyright AI art. Like, no, that that's there's no decision that ever said that at all. There's a decision that said AI an AI can't, can't own the copyright it. to it. Yeah. But can. you will find articles by journalists that say, oh, well, and I've seen, and it's caused personally a little bit of, you know, like, People who are like, well, you can't do this because this is like, no, they, they could at some point they could say that, but that's never been said. It's literally the AI can't own the copyright. So uh, uh, I was having lunch recently 
and somebody, I can't remember if it was Corey or Justin, uh, 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 sort of uh, uh, with a smile talked about some people who represent themselves as AI artists. And, and I immediately leapt to the defense of that idea because there is definitely a craft uh, to describing a scene that you want executed uh, 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 cor correctly. I, I, I mean, like, I feel like a director. Like, for, for example, um, uh, uh, being in the beta uh, uh, with, with uh, uh, Dolly, I realized, oh, wait, what if I did photorealistic representations of uh, famous cartoon characters? So I would, it took four or five tribes to, to get there, but I decided. To say an orange cat who loves lasagna. Uh, no, no, no. It was an, if I may defend my craft, uh, it was an, a, a, an overweight orange uh, striped uh, cat uh, about, or, or eating lasagna. In the background are seen. Uh, originally, I wrote a middle-aged man and a uh, yellow Labrador to represent uh, John and Odie, but but it just ignored the the yeah. John part, which you know what it happens. Wise decision. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so and so I posted it just with the phrase "found the real Garfield," and it is probably the most successful tweet I've had in uh, three months or so. Yeah. I I. Don't well, think like like that's pretty good, right? It looks like uh, it's an orange cat looking at some lasagna. There's a gray cat and a blonde dog in the background. That's that's like if you're just looking at it in postage stamp size on Twitter, you would be forgiven to believe it was in that you got an actual orange cat looking longingly at a tray of lasagna. I just happened to snap yeah. a, an impromptu photo of 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 what looks like the real Garfield or whatever. Uh, you could, and, and there's a, a tweak I could show you that would just make it photo real, and then nobody would ever think that this cat wasn't real cat. Uh, okay, all right, we, uh, we, we'll tee that up for uh, after <laughs> after things. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, but, but uh, my my point being, like, I don't think that what I did is any less real art than anybody. Else who uses Photoshop or, you know, like well, rem remove it, this tree or whatever. But, but no one's arguing. Well, go, go. Not art. Well, let's, say, let's just go, go back to when the photograph came out. Artists go like, all you did was aim the camera. Like, all you did was aim. The Sorry, Mr. Degur. All you did was point your box there. You did nothing. And it's like, who, who disputes that photography is not an art now? Right. Correct. Correct. And, but, and, 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 but the complication comes from, comes out of copyright. Right. Do I? No, we're not talking about copyright. Well, no, I mean, no, 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 no. The, the issue here is, again, totally separate from art. It, it is whether or not AI legally. itself can own patents. Right. Like, so like, so do, can you, do, can do you have. Do I own this image or does Dolly no, own no, this no, image? No, 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 no. Not even. This has nothing to do with art at all. Like, this is literally like, can an AI, and correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew, can an AI apply for and hold patents? So no. separate from right. art, like that's what the ruling was. Okay. The ruling was that only that was, human can own patents. This has yeah. nothing to do Th with anything that's going on right now. Like yeah, Thaler had had Dot created an image using a system called Creativity Machine, 
and he filed for the copyright on behalf of Creativity Machine. Yes. He said, oh, Creativity Machine should own the copyright because it's the AI that did it. And they're like, uh, did it do it by itself? Or was there a human in the loop that pressed a button or did something here? Because we think it goes to the human. And so it's, but it's weird because that rule, that, that decision, it's, I've seen prominent technology journalists quoted as saying, well, you can't copyright AI art. And it's like, yeah. oh, it, when you explain right. it this way, you understand it. But I've, it's a, it's a crazy new world where the complications are going to be more complex. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. It would be, Brian, if you applied for a patent on Lasagna Cat, the copyright distinct uh, uh, animal that you made and posted on Twitter. And then you said applying for this patent is not Brian Brushwood, but Lasagna Cat, the yeah. copyright distinct creature I, mean, I posted on Twitter. If where we're ending up is me being prejudiced in favor of humans over AIs, I'm 100% pro-human. I agree with the decision. I, I, I think the, the, yeah, the yeah, issue yeah. that Andrew is bringing up is more of a journalistic one than necessarily super interesting in terms of, uh, of where we are in our melding of AI and humanity, and that is that a bunch of people can't read and... It, and, it makes for better well, clicks. And people like, look we, after after headlines. Like when when I whenever I talk about Dolly in Discord, there's always someone who asks like, "Well, can you do? Well, can you do? They still own your pictures?" And like, no, they very clearly it's they don't. It's it's right there. It's in the instructions. They don't and, do that and, anymore. And and, uh, uh, and but it's like there was never like a headline. Well, to, or, to be clear, yeah. to be clear, the current version is you get reprint, you get to reuse it and reprint what yes. that and and, and you can monetize. Yeah. That was that was the yeah. new the okay. new changes that yeah. you can monetize. Yeah. But it's like that's a nuanced answer that requires Which is why all a the art on my Substack looks awesome. But it is gonna be it, it is we're watching something, the rate at which this went from, you know, a year or two ago it was, oh, what a what a fun little debate about something that has no effect on our lives, to now the pattern of like we've seen Dali, uh journalist comes in, says, Hey, I want to cover Dali. We're like, cool, we'll talk to you about it, explain it, let you talk to our researchers. They're like, Oh, this is really cool. Here's my article. Oh, by the way, I'm now using this. Can I use this now in my Substack for my images? And we're like, cool. And that rate of adoption, like I've been Codex for me was really significant about how far Codex or code model is. But AI systems like Dolly, the rate of adoption. And there's other stuff out there that's cool too. Let me not just say I'm obviously biased towards Dolly because I think it's the best system. But there's other stuff out there, and you can see things are moving so fast. Mm -hmm. It is really fast because I, 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 a lot of my friends are in. All of the have, are are using some of the other ones, and you know some of them are mm -hmm. like via you can Discord. Say names. Well, I, I don't know the names <laughs> of them, but, but oh, okay. no, the names are your friends. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't but, mention the other AIs. <laughs> but there's a lot of them, and, and a lot of them are spreading on Discord. Like I don't when mm -hmm. I see when I see someone post about it, if I see it on Twitter, I just see the actual picture, and if it that doesn't have the little Dolly thing on it, then you, I usually don't know where it came from. And then when people talk about it, they're they either like, oh, I got into the Dolly beta and I'm just getting used to it, or I've been using this other one and I'm going to use that because it I just use it via, via Discord or, you know, so it, it's, it's in, it is really spread fast. Right. Using Discord is actually, I think, uh, I'll, I'll read Hacker News and people complain, but I think it's actually kind of a brilliant way to do it because sometimes you have... Like I play with cool technology and you think like, where does this live? Should this be its own app? Should it be its own thing? 
But in doing with the Discord approach, what they did was basically allowing to create a community. And you're seeing that now technologies where people are like, we're going to create a community about a technology and you'll be able to interact with it, use a Discord bot to use it, whatever. We've seen people do this with chat bots, like, like creating like GPT chat bots, et cetera. So I think that's a really innovative way. I think people should be paying attention to because within there, you've got your instruction manual, you've got your customer support. All of that inside of the system where you're using it, which is just kind of brilliant. Uh, what? One last silly note, uh, Bryce. If if you go to the post before this, I I actually thought it was a pretty good one of a cat eating spaghetti, um, and uh-huh. I looks like a cat eating spaghetti. Uh, Very small uh, bowl. Oh, you know what? Uh, well, but also is it no- soba noodles? <laughs> Those look like soba noodles, actually. I'm sorry, audience. Uh, Notice yeah. the whiskers. I, I would like to apologize to all Italians. Oh, yeah. those are soba noodles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's got some real Yoda ear, ear yeah. hair. Yeah. It's it's uh, Dolly is so much fun because it's it's those moments that you don't notice until you bother to really, really look. There was one where uh, I got the cat eating spaghetti, and it was only upon zooming in that I realized that. Uh, at some point, it decided the spaghetti was human hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it mixed. It, it's, it's, uh, I, 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 I was doing one the other day, and it took me a while to realize what it had done, but I was asking it to make some marbles images because I wanted some inspiration for marble stuff. And I had asked for a human sized marble, and I didn't realize it until much later that that's why it gave me this really weird looking marble lady in the middle of this picture. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> that's brilliant. And, well, well, and, and, and that goes back to uh, the question of like, like, no, you're the artist. This yeah. is the tool that's just do it. You're the director. This is your product. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's really fascinating. Like, if, if you break down so much of, like, entertainment, it's trading money for being able to see pictures. And you can. this is just another way to do it. You really can choose what you want to see and how what it looks like. And there's something really primal about it. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because... It's a system, we're in this age of where systems like this are useful. And some of the other image systems are useful. You're getting useful art, not just the derpy sort of stuff you used to just share. And like, look, look at how funny this is. Yeah. But you're starting to get some of these, the better systems uh, are creating stuff that like people like, yes, I will use this in my newsletter. Yes, I will use this here. Yes, I will use this in a commercial situation because it's good enough for that. And I think that's, it's exciting, a little bit, a little bit terrifying too, because of what's going to be the overall impact. But that's, we passed this big sort of corner in the last year or two, two years, I'd say with AI systems, with complex systems, where it's gone beyond the toy phase to actually do meaningful work. uh, If you have the budget and um, uh, let's say uh, the software is, is, is cooperative. uh, If you're a high powered, uh, Hollywood executive and you have a, a loose vision of something uh, for, you know, for example, like um, it's war of the worlds, but a heist movie and it's got Brad Pitt, but he's de-aged to 23 years old and it's got George Clooney. Uh, but it also has Sandra Bullock playing three different versions of herself. Uh, do me a favor, comp together, uh, what does that look like? Uh, Snatch, yeah. <laughs> uh, a, a scene from Snatch uh, with the text from Glengarry Glenn Ross. Yeah. 
show me what that would look like. It's and a then, project and, I call easy to follow. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, 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 but nothing I have said, uh, all of those are engineering difficulties. None of them are breakthrough difficulties, right? Like yes. there, there, there's sure. no reason all of that couldn't happen with an AI right now. I mean, Probably. using, yeah, using yeah. AI technology. Okay. Yeah. The, re the reason Andrew's not talking is because he's busy <laughs> copywriting this. He's writing down. No, like the, the, the simplest version is you talk about like style transfer as a concept. And so, and we've, we've seen, I've seen demos of stuff that have been done publicly. So I can talk about, but like somebody taking some really cool street art and taking a sculpture and say, apply the street art to the sculpture. And all of a sudden the sculpture has that design. Mm -hmm. Or vice versa, you know, taking the idea of a sculpture and applying it to street art, and and then you can you can do that with a language model. You can try to get it to do more. You know, you, there's a there's a tension issues of like how much it can follow. Like you know, Dolly, I think it's limited like 400 characters, and if you get two or three more concepts in there, like one thing nails really well, two things pretty good, three or four it starts to degrade. But but yeah, it's just a matter of the the the, the path to follow to get there seems like we understand. I I have noticed that Dolly. Uh, it, 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 can anybody apply for the beta right now? I believe so. Yep. yep anybody can apply. Okay. Yep. Uh, in that case, uh, I'll just send your headshots <laughs> to one two one two one North Miami Boulevard, Barbizon Models. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm 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 gonna send over to you. Uh, okay. Maybe the best. Uh, I had a uh, while you're doing that. I had a funny thing with the Dolly the other day. I, uh, a friend of mine has this very cute dog, and I wanted to see if I could make Dolly do a thing with her with his dog. And uh, so I asked it to make a, a cattle dog working the drive-through window at Taco Bell. And for some reason, one of the pictures it gave me was a human woman, and the other three were like the thing I was looking for. And it's and so there's still like there's there's not a way to solve for it. It's just like a weird thing that happened. Um, and I yeah, internally. It, there's, yeah. Things are in motion, but yeah, there, there's there's uh, there's stuff going under the hood, you know, sort of sort of that, and sometimes. It could, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. but there's one. There's one. All right. So so in all <laughs> uh, four of them, the dog has a bandana. In three of them, the dog has the bandana around his neck, except for one where he's eating the, <laughs> he's bandana. Eating the bandana. Actually, no, he has another <laughs> bandana under it. <laughs> he's got like yeah. a bandana taco. <laughs> uh, by the way, I cannot. Even imagine how much uh, Andrew wishes an AI could do the gymnastics he has to do right now <laughs> about what he can and can't say. <laughs> I'm so I'm so used to it. I'm so used to it by now. Yeah, uh, this, is, this is his life. Uh, yeah. He's... Okay, so I'm gonna send a picture. Okay. Uh, and then um, take take, uh, take us there. Yeah. Uh, ooh, uh, there we go. Okay, so no, it's it's. it's we'll cut this out. Yeah, don't worry. Hey, I would like to tell everybody about. Uh, oh, wait, there we go. Pecos and, and Pete hot sauce. <laughs> when you need to spice up your tamales, no! get Pecos Pete. Hey, drop a drop a dot. It's and, me. Uh, give it, give it a shot. Pecos Pete. Okay, Bryce. Bryce I just is sent Spanish, you... so he's allowed to do that. Everybody. Yeah, he's Spanish. Mexican Castillo. Bit. Mexican bit. Okay. From yeah. Spain. <laughs> I just sent to Osotros Bryce. <laughs> I just sent to Bryce uh, the best uh, complex uh, set of instructions executed huh? because uh, you're right. Like the more room you give Dolly to breathe, the better it does. 
But in this case, I gave it a lot of details and it got them all right. I wrote a detailed, realistic, full body oil portrait of a smiling bearded gentleman wearing tweed and sitting upon a horse. Behind him, a very large full moon is rising behind his many castles. He is wealthy and proud to be in Scotland on this partly cloudy evening. So you want to send it to Heaton? Uh, oh, no. That's where I retrieved this from. Is oh, really? I did send it to, oh, <laughs> to, to Heaton. And then I just described Andrew Heaton. I think for Henry... <laughs> For Andrew Eaton, uh, I described a bearded guy in Scotland. He's happy. There's horses. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's. Uh, I like. I, I I like giving Dolly um, difficult tasks. Like the other day, uh, I I I had it say what is what does the heat death of the universe look like, and it gave me some really interesting <laughs> visuals. One of two of which actually included human beings. Yeah, well, one of them clearly a rap album <laughs> that is just uh, amazing. He's really into that heat death. Yeah, but uh, but it's interesting. I think I think those non literal uh, 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 sorts of, of of questions are interesting because I don't uh, it I couldn't imagine what that looks like. No human could imagine what the heat death of the universe actually looks like. Uh, and so the machine can kind of try, maybe. I don't know. It, it's is it is it a new world? Is a book a new world? Well, and and one one thing that I think is very wise, and and I, I'm going to assume that the Dolly algorithm, the processing, all of that stuff, is expensive. So they you don't get unlimited everythings and it takes a few seconds for each one to come in. Yeah. So you really think about, I, I, I don't know if this was an intentional thing on the part of open AI or not, but it was brilliant. If it was, uh, I think of them as wishes. I only get so many wishes and, and I, and I very carefully, uh, uh, spend them. It's, computationally extremely intensive the amount of resources it takes to do it so like the time the the number of generations you get in the time that it takes yeah it's not an artificial limit it's literally just it is a very and a lot of hamsters and wheels i'm i'm actually thankful for the limit to the amount of daily uses that i get or monthly uses and so on it's Mm -hmm. it's it 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 makes makes you think about it yeah exactly right Yeah. yeah Um, yeah, I mean, uh, and ideally you could get into a place where you kind of, you could just iterate quickly as fast as you can think and whatnot. But for now it's at that happy medium. Um, but yeah, you see, I linked to, uh, somebody created a really cool prompt book, which is just this PDF. Somebody just volunteered to create filled with tons of examples and tips on how to use Dolly by looking out there at the examples, because the nice thing about having Dolly in front of so many people Mm. is you get people who discover really cool things. Like literally, if you want to improve the quality of a portrait, you name the film stock, like Portra, like 400, whatever, like you you use the film Mm -hmm. stock, boom, quality pops. Like there are these little tweaks you can do that all of a sudden it just increases. Like a language model, it, people go, oh, I asked it, and it gave me a so-so answer. It's like, yeah, because it could respond like the dumbest person on Reddit or the smartest person in the world. You need to tell it what you want. And so this is similar. Sorry, Brian. Uh, well, so uh, what I have discovered is that there's a potency in describing uh, the medium that this appears mm-hmm. in 
uh, for example, a, a newspaper reprint from a specific year, just pick a year, you know, 1956. Uh, I, I, I think recently uh, I, I had fun writing a tabloid newspaper from 1997 about a spiky-haired blonde magician. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 you, you could imagine how wonderfully close to reality. who might that look like? That looked like, yeah. Who could that have been? Yahoo uh, Series. <laughs> yeah. Uh chairman of the board. It's it's in, and like I'm glad you brought this prompt book up uh, because I think I've seen this one but I've seen a few of these. I've seen a few folks come up with like hey these are, you know, keywords that make interesting things. And uh, and I've noticed that in in the time that I spent using it too is, you know, uh, uh, a digital art does a photography versus an HDR photo versus a a 3D render versus a video game screenshot. Uh, uh, specific, like, like the specificity a, helps a lot. A macro photography is fun. I I haven't had success yet in in phrasing it right to make it look like uh, an electron microscope photo of something. Mm. Um, but that's that's my fault. I also like a social media photo. Social media photo always manages to get me exactly what i want usually i'm trying to make a picture of a wife guy and if i say social photo <laughs> media it usually gives me exactly what i'm looking you for. get you get that wife you guy. get that wife guys wife guys on demand waiting for that cheese uh so uh, um this may be too difficult a position to put you in andrew but i i can't help but think about the fact that so many people want to be able to put specific either famous, infamous, or personal uh, humans into these situations. Uh, so, like, for example, casually, uh, I think the other day we were in Dallas, and, and I, just, I just described looking at Bryce across the table. Yeah. And, and I made sure to put an oil painting of or whatever. So it, it ended up being mm-hmm. uh, very close. Oil painting of. Handsome young V Ryle. <laughs> this is very on the nose. <laughs> He's at a coffee shop <laughs> looking at his phone, distracted, mm-hmm. but bemused by something he saw. In his <laughs> eyes is a hunger that not even he understands. Sorry, I was looking so, at my phone. <laughs> and, 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 and I knew I knew to make sure He's to... pretty, but he doesn't realize it. <laughs> All of these are actually really good recommendations. They've worked very well. Uh, but but uh, uh, I, I always make sure to make it in an art representational style mm. so that uh, I, I'm not running afoul of any terms of service stuff. But, but knowing that those rules are there because, you know, we, we don't want, you know, fake news generated by uh, these AIs – uh, I, 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 do, do you have any thoughts that you are allowed to say about humanity's impulse to go in that direction and ways to stop it <laughs> or, 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 um, or, or, or uh, why <laughs> I'm allowed to say anything I want, whether or not it'll cause a controversy <laughs> or an issue, or I might get, you know, Hey, okay. Andrew, why do you say this? <laughs> um, uh, this is the challenge. This is the challenge that people working in AI right now deal with is 
there is any technology has the potential for for misuse anything javascript whatever cookies pop up so any technology anything that makes something more efficient or whatever also increases the potentiality potential for abuse or misuse okay so you know that and you have to make sure that one is what can you do to not make it easy to be abused like what are what are the biggest things you're concerned about to try to limit that to however you can but the other thing is that you know some people want to argue like well people are going to figure it out whatever in the long run yes and you want to give people time to understand and be aware be aware of this you know that that digital images the quality of this is very much eye opening for many people they don't realize how good this is you don't realize that you can have an ai generate a famous person doing something in extremely photorealistic and create a thousand versions of this or fake a thousand social media accounts. That's where we are right now. And you kind of want people to have enough time to sort of be aware to go, oh, that thing I saw, that could be fake. Oh, that thing could be this. Oh, I just got an email from my friend who's trapped in Mexico and it looks just like them. And they say they can't, they can't get access to their bank account. I need to send them money. And they sent me photographic proof. These are the kinds of things people haven't really thought about. It's not mm -hmm. just fake news. It's like, what if it becomes so cheap to use this stuff and it's unregulated or un, you know, it's unmonitored, um, which eventually that's where you're going it's to going get. To be, is right? it, yeah. So you want people to be aware of like, yeah, if all of a sudden I, Brian contacts me from a new phone account and sends me it's a proof of him that's a photo of him doing something, be wary. Yeah. That may not be Brian. Brian, I need a photo of you doing a handstand, and I'll note that it's fake because he can't do a handstand. Exactly. Yeah. That's our secret. That's Bryce, the Bryce test. <laughs> yeah. The, the new canary test. Uh, hey, uh, hey, feed some peanuts to your daughter. Prove to me that this yeah. is really you. <laughs> Let me see all six of your fingers on your left hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no. Yeah, it's like T2. Like, oh, I was just feeding peanuts to my daughter. Your parents are already dead. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't know if it was in a closed beta email or public, but there there was an article I read where uh, OpenAI was talking about uh, uh, the use of a red team, where basically, mm -hmm. uh, uh, which I found fascinating. So it's like, if you want to type in, a, you know, a massacred horse, dead, blood everywhere, then it's going to be like, whoa, 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 buddy, what are you up to, right? But but then the red, <laughs> the, the red team... As one is wont to do. You know, you hey. get laid into brunch and you're like, I need to see a massacred horse. I was watching Westworld. I got some <laughs> but, ideas. But, 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 but the red team would do clever stuff like, say, a horse resting half in red liquid a lake right. uh, around it and then and you would and i i i i, I don't know i i, I if, if if i i don't know which parts of these are public or or how to talk about it but that but, that was fascinating to me yeah. yeah so that's yeah we have teams we have we have red teams as you described and their job is to anytime we have a new model a new capability to go through and continuously figure out like how could it be misused how could it be not in alignment with our goals uh when you feedback when you say hey i found a problem with this whatever they look at that so they're always trying to figure out like how how do you mitigate you know how do you mitigate that and it's not to say that you reach a point like ah oh, it's perfect there's no way it could be abused but it's like no we don't we just don't want to make it easy you know we don't want to make it too easy for somebody because nobody i work with wants to find out that the thing that we've been working OpenAI is special in the sense that like, we really are working towards AGI as a benefit to humanity. That really is our goal. Not just because, ah, oh, wouldn't it be cool? It's like, no, we think if you get here, it can help people. And 
if along the way it causes more damage than it does good, then that's a fail. That's yeah. not good. Or or at least a, you know, a, a, a decades long setback legislatively well, depending yeah. and, on the and, country and, and, and so on. I, I, would, I would say, you know, for open AI, which has long positioned itself, you know, in, in, in even previous incarnations as being there so it can be the pace car for artificial intelligence writ large that that a, a company that is trying to make good decisions so you know literally other the rest of the industry can can at least have one good example of uh what what things are doing i think like them them slow walking some of this stuff is is not only good for society it is good for the company and i think it is good for for the the tech specifically and, well and uh if anything it's uh definitely spurning a genuine immediate need for like if, if you're a corporation and you're worried about um uh, uh, the copyrights on some of your images and so on you are already doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah, you are forestalling some of those battles. But but you're right that, that the, the natural instinct is for people to just say famous people because uh, I was talking to my buddy Kevin Ryan and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I'm in Dali and, and no, like, name me a thing. And he was like, oh, Kanye West and Charles Bukowski sharing champagne. Right. And I was like, like well, all right, let me just. I could do I, an oil painting of well, that. Yeah, well, I, I know what you want, but what you yeah. want is a, a a mustachioid older white man sharing champagne with a puffy jacketed black man oil painting. Right. And I sent him exactly that, and he's like, "Whoa!" Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you know, that's that like like what what people want and and how to give it to them is is interesting, but I think it is smart on the platform side not to indulge immediately, like celebrity do celebrity thing because like let's just say especially the privacy of your own home charles bukowski and kanye west sharing champagne would be search one if you allowed <laughs> if, if you allowed direct well, access to those things. uh one of one of the crazy things is before we even heard about uh, uh this technology uh, before three of us heard of this technology uh, uh we were talking about the importance of uh, digital image fingerprinting and uh, how you know various cameras are able to uh, have a, a encrypted yeah you know unbreakable mark that says no 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 real photo definitely a real photo. So that's another cool thing about me. <laughs> well, here's some real I, yeah. advice. Definite real advice. Head to patreon.com slash weird things. What? Stop. Uh, uh, patreon.com slash weird things for the war effort. Stop. The war effort on your mind. Stop. The, the, the war to bore you has ended, thankfully, thanks to weird things, which you can support at patreon.com slash weird things. Stop. Reminder, this is a message brought to you by Geritol. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, patreon.com slash weird things is where you need to go support us give us money you get after things early it's a good time everybody enjoys it if you do it then congratulations you're if you a good don't person. do it you're kind of weird uh not gonna say I'm we're not all saying you're you. weird i'm not saying you're weird i'm saying I'm, that you are people human are talking. and people humanity are is not as good as others Around that old water cooler. They're cool with the water talking about you. That's the water cooler. It's weird. That everyone's talking it's around. It's weird that you're not supporting us. About you. Mm. <laughs>
stop. Jared, tell. So I sent a text message a while back to the gentleman here. Yep. And uh, I unwittingly started a Weird Things episode in a text timeline mm-hmm. because I found something that was fascinating, a group of people who were up to some very interesting things. And then as I dug, dug deeper and deeper, it just got kind of crazier and more awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I refer you to the Church of the All Worlds. You're like, okay, it sounds like kind of a broad sort of Church All Worlds. Where you did know, this get even, started? Even even on on the basis of churches, you know, not all that weird. There's a church that you drive by if you're driving on the highway in Orlando, which is uh, Mary <laughs> Queen of the Universe, uh, awesome. uh, which is an amazing name for a church. So so the Church of All Worlds, right? Like that. That's not even all that odd. All right. So imagine you and your buddy. It's the 1960s. You read Robert Heinlein's Stranger in a Strange Land, Mm -hmm. which is an awesome book, very counterculture sort of book about a guy, uh, earthling raised on Mars who comes back to Earth and introduces Mars religion, which has a lot of free love and communal living and et cetera. It's pretty groovy. It's pretty groovy. Mars is a pretty groovy place, according to uh, Heinlein. By the way, diving in, not knowing anything about that book was a real treat because it's like uh, it's like this uh, graph of like, oh, he he understands this very good thing. Oh, he does not understand or he misunderstands this other thing. He understands this good thing. And then everybody forms a commune. Mm-hmm. And then I get superpowers. And practice cannibalism and yep. other stuff. But, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so imagine you're reading this, you're like, hey, this sounds awesome. Let's start our own religion. And that was the birth of the Church of All Worlds, uh, started by Oberon Zell Ravenheart, who served <laughs> as church primate. Church and, primate. Yeah, that's actually a religious term. Really? Primate. Uh, yeah. Oh, look at yep. that. What about Oberall uh, Ravensclaw? Is that, a, is that another church <laughs> name or is that something he just came up with? Well, listen, how these things are inspired, who are we to judge? Uh, uh, The founder, along with his wife, Morning Glory, Zell Ravenheart, designated high priestess. They were formed in 1962. And they they started some other groups of friends. This is the 60s. It's kind of easy to get people on board. Um, <laughs> hey man, I'm gonna burn my draft card. <laughs> I'm not going to Vietnam. So, uh, I I am in awe. I have nothing to say, but like this this church, the way that it morphed is amazing because basically it started to. Uh, they were like, hey, you got a church with this really kind of crazy cool church. And we started to bring in other people to like be part of this. Okay. Um, this may be the one of the founders, may have been the person who invented the term polyamory. Really? You want to know what? So, if I were to guess where polyamory started, it m- might have been right here. I might have invented this entire situation. This seems exactly where polyamory invented. Right. And so one of the things that they did is you want to make money, you know, like you could do one like one other religion inspired by science fiction where like they sell these auditing courses and they bankrupt Mm -hmm. people. To this credit, this church had the greatest money making scheme of all time. What's that, Andrew? Made a unicorn, sold it to Ringling Brothers. I 
uh, mm, there's a flaw in yeah. the sentence that you just said. And we're, we're making sure it's a physical horse with a horn, not a unicorn that you would find in other elements of polyamory. <laughs> well, when they when they looked into the history of unicorns, one of the things they noticed, they often were described as very goat-like. And there is supposed to be like Pliny the Elder described the how to create like the, the a unicorn where oh, you take yeah, the yeah, buzz. Yeah. So you, 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 braid, like you braid the two horns yeah. together, right? And so they yep. grow as one. And so if you may remember that Ringling Brothers for a while advertised, hey, we've got a real unicorn. And if you could find some video of that, you know, and, and you know, jokingly, we call it a goat corn in my circle. But uh, <laughs> they said, hey, we've got a unicorn. And what that circle was where it came gathers from. together and discusses goats that may be unicorns? And that wow. look at this. And that looks like they a look unicorn great. to me, dog. They look great. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean they they have they have the bearded kind of a uh, 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 Billy Goat's gruff, but but oh, they, they're totally groomed. They're, oh, those are but, they, but those horns. But those horns, man. Those are those are substantial unicorn horns. And and they definitely look. I, I pictured them swirled together, but uh, they That's definitely great. look fully fused. Yeah. Yeah, I I believe it. I have. That's I unicorn. have no criticisms. <laughs> I have nothing, no, 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 no criticisms to say of this other than, I mean, there may be, we may find, you know, there may be another start. There could be a whole Netflix documentary that's going to come out and change our yeah. minds on this. But hey, I mean, they ended up making unicorns. Like, how awesome is that? Uh, so they ended up making the unicorns. And then some of the members of the church have gone on. And now they have a, ready for this? Mm -hmm. The Gray School of Wizardry. In Whitehall, New York, oh, where hold you can on. go study. Hold on. There's only one wizard academy that I know of that's legitimate because it has a tower. Who are these guys? Uh, they're the gray school of, gray school. of wizarding. Mm. I, I'm going what, to read wait, wait, to you. Do they have let, a let yellow lightsaber? Let me quiet, quiet, shut up. Shut up. Hey, Brian, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Hey, I'm going, hey shut your I'm, mouth. Shut up. Excuse Please. me, excuse me, Andrew. <laughs> Ryan, shut, shut your up. mouth. Shut up. Shut I've got to read to you. I've got to read. Is, has Brian shut up yet? I don't Brian. know. Brian. Uh, Brian. <laughs> shut your mouth. I've got to read to you. The, they have a, the Great Council is composed of some two dozen authors and mystics and magicians and leaders of neo-pagan communities, including Raymond Buckland. Raven Gramasi, uh, Skip Skip, Morning Zori Glory, Morning Glory, Zell Ravenheart, Robert Skipley Ellison, Nick Scully, Jeff McBride. Hey! Hey! <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know. Was it worth the shut up, Brian? <laughs> Was it worth the shut up? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm glad I shut up. All right, Brian. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so what do they do in the gray school? They well, okay, they so for background. Jeff McBride. I mean, and, and if you don't all, know Jeff McBride. Uh, uh, first of all, Jeff McBride is. Magic is, legend. Uh, magic, magic legend. legend. May, uh, maybe one of the all-time great card manipulators. Uh, uh, he, he took uh, Kabuki theater mask uh, stuff. Fa famous. And, I mean, safe to say his, his, his. Uh, grand uh, a contribution to the world of magic legend is his mask routine, right? His uh, mask yeah, manipulation yeah, yeah. routine. Well, I would, yeah, to magicians, he's a wonderful teacher. Jeff, yeah, Jeff's exactly. passion for magic. Yeah. 
It's fantastic. Yes. Uh, uh, Bonnie and I, uh, part of the reason that I even feel the, the remotest audacity to, to try to teach whatever I know about being an independent creator, being a magician or whatever, yeah. uh, comes from Jeff McBride. Mm-hmm. And the fact that uh, uh, Bonnie and I were dating uh, and I proposed to her uh, marriage uh, at Coney Island the night before we attended uh, Jeff McBride's mystery school. And uh, uh, I, I, Jeff occupies uh, sacred territory in my heart, but also uh, he is out there. It, it is not much of a surprise to me that uh, that 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 this is he is the he is on the elder the, 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 the elder yeah, council of wizards yeah it, yes it, it, it made perfect sense when I saw it. I'm like yes of course what good is this council of wizards if Jeff McBride if Je- is not exactly. on there yes. yes yes no so Jeff is so good Jeff is a phenomenal Jeff like we just showed some like artwork like or some photos of Jeff like in his crazy and that's Jeff going shopping kind of look too well he has he is the same on and off stage uh, that is that is a fact uh jeff was inspired by kiss uh in the 1970s uh to create his over-the-top uh, uh makeup look uh he was inspired by kabuki theater uh, with the mask work and uh my goodness it's really really incredible magic and his card manipulation is second to none it is uh, one I, of the very best things you can ever look at. I saw him, first time I saw him perform live was at a magic lecture. I was a teenager and Jeff, I was six feet away from the stage and Jeff did his card manipulation routine. And it was one of like, I've had like two really transcendent experiences in magic where I watched people that close that even knowing all about magic and did not, Rocco Solano was another one who was phenomenal, but and Jeff's card was just amazing like flawless flawless and it was just it just was like it made me love magic because this was really what magic could be like and when i've i've lectured in some places where jeff has lectured and i always like to watch jeff lecture because jeff's love for the craft and love of teaching is just it's easy to go like well he dresses kind of goofy and he seems a bit out there He's so does Mick Jagger, <laughs> you know, no, like, no, he like, is, like he is he is him and he lives an authentic and, and uh, uh, an authentic lifestyle to to who he wants to be. And the one thing that I will always say about Jeff McBride for whatever, you know, uh, 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 you know, one might say about uh, uh, the fact that he is so singular that you can parody him uh, is that he takes things seriously and his craft is so unassailable that. It, it to me is the North star for art, right? Like if, if your yep. craft is unassailable and you believe it, it will work. Like, so it, it just structure your belief, get better. And, and you too can be uh, uh, somebody for whom is as singular a talent as Jeff McBride. He also no joke, like understands, um, uh, archetypal magic, maybe better than any human I've met. And he understands the importance of ritual and how it will transform an experience. Like Bonnie and I went to mystery school where we're going to meet cool magicians and learn tricks. 
Uh, but but there was a full-on uh, drum circle beforehand because he understood that at a primal level, this is what it takes to transform your mind into a more, um, uh, uh, as, as um, uh, uh, Jonathan Haidt says in uh, the, the Righteous Mind, uh, uh, we are 90% primate and 10% bees. And, and he knows that it's important that you get into that tribal mindset and understand that you're about to meet the shaman, capital T, capital S. It's, he's, I, 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 you have made my day so happy. <laughs> I, I'm sad that I didn't read this beforehand. It's amazing. So he, he's, Jeff is one of these people that sometimes you have to sort of kind of encounter multiple times, you know, to, to really appreciate what this is. Cause in the first you see like, Man, this guy seems really eccentric, and uh, he likes 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 a lot of a uh, Renaissance type clothing and stuff. <laughs> and then and then and then like, man, he talks about some crazy kind of stuff. But then when you get deeper and deeper into it, and as Brian said, like mystery schools, this thing that it has this reputation outside of there of like just this crazy hippie magic club of like almost cult like kind of thing, and it's not. It's just a very immersive experience. I've never done it, but I know people who are very skeptical hard-nosed type of people who've gone there and absolutely adored it and love the experience because well, and, 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 it's including, mystery. Uh, uh, the famous Tell skeptic, uh, 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 Bob Neal, uh, Robert Neal, was, that's where I first met him. And uh, one of the rituals we did going in uh, was talking about, you know, who we wanted to honor. And I think I called, uh, I, I summoned the spirit of Karl Popper and of, uh, of, of, you know, uh, scientific thinking or something, and and Bob Neal was instantly in on on the whole thing. It's it's where I met Eugene Berger. It it's it was great. Yeah, and it's it's I would I would say that like yeah for me, uh, Jeff Jeff is very much proof. Don't ris don't push something immediately away because it seems so different or so outside or so counter to like your own experiences. And I'll give you an example. It's like I had a I had an acting teacher who was, I would say that she embraced a lot of really kind of crazy supernatural and superstitious sort of stuff that was sometimes when she'd talk about stuff. And at first it was kind of like, oh dear, you know, I got to deal with one of these. But then when I listened to her explain subtext in acting, when I listened to her talk about this, I realized, oh, I have so much I can learn from her. You know, her her intuition to how to exploit how she believes things to work is different than my own, but her experience and ability to communicate was wonderful. And I've I've learned many times I've learned things from people who I think like, okay, I don't know if their grounding of science is really good, but man, they got some wisdom. Uh it's a little bit like oh, this is too far to go around, I I I suspect, but but try to stay with me. Um, uh, uh, remember, uh, Pendulette, Paul Provenza, they did the aristocrats, uh, a, a famous joke that everybody has their own unique take on mm -hmm. or whatever. And they got everybody to tell it and they all told it in different ways. Some with kind of detached irony, some, you know, with, with like diving in and describing every, uh, scatological, terrible detail, thing, yeah. detail or whatever, but only Sarah Silverman described the story from the first person. Yeah. She, she described it like, well, I mean, I used to tour with the whatever My family. And, yeah. and it's like that. And then, and, and, and her joke ends with a, a terrible 
accusation of sexual impropriety from a very famous Hollywood person. Yeah. Uh, that was that was her like one upping of the punchline of the of this joke. Uh, and uh, according to Pendulette on his podcast, uh, that person was very upset that he was being accused of this and, uh, and, and said that he wanted to sue. And, uh, and, and she said uh, her response was... and Sarah Silverman's response. Uh, or, yes. Uh, 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 and Pendulette says, this is why you should never mess with Sarah Silverman. Yeah. Is because her response was... Well, I guess we'll just file criminal charges. <laughs> that, that was the way to make it go away. It was, it was, uh, but but that level of immersion of being all the way in the moment, um, no matter how zany or kooky or or manufactured the world seems that you're being brought into, is so very effective. And it's something it's something they're good at the wizard Academy business marketing school here in Austin, something I would like to be better at here when, you know, we're teaching classes for how to be an independent creator or whatever. I want to, I want to share with something I just saw on Twitter, which I think is fascinating. Kind of explains a little bit sort of about kind of like that openness, uh, in making, you know, experiences like this, it's a Dukes of hazard fan fest, including a, with the general Lee, Roscoe's patrol car, a number of some of the star cars that were featured in there, like a version of Knight Rider and some cast members that originally were the Dukes of Hazard and the stuntman who appeared in it. Right. Uh-huh. And you kind of go like, that's really cool. Like sort of neat that this is here. We are 2022. People are celebrating this. This was tweeted out by Rory Sutherland because this is going on in Elham Kent in England. Uh, 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 Rory Sutherland is the author of Alchemy, Alchemy. right? What, what yeah. are our favorite books? Okay. Yeah, he, he retweeted this. So this is going on in England. This is in England where they're, this looks like the most redneck thing you'd be able to do. Like, where is this going on? Tennessee, Georgia? No, England. Did, he, did, it, air, did it air in England? I Or, or was that like, like a, a, a curiosity, an American curiosity that, that uh, some people just found? As a matter of fact, uh, streaming culture may have been what brought it. What brings it back. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah. like, 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 uh, 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 there's a lot. Yeah, for example, um, uh, uh, Toast of London. You know, it, it, totally ignorant until suddenly it was available. In yeah, America. I mean, and, and and I've had that. You know, even with with American stuff, like uh, all my friends will get into Frasier all of a sudden because yeah. like there's just a social contagion on Frasier. Laura, did the Dukes of know. Hazard ever air in the United Kingdom? Yes, I grew up in the 1980s along with the A-Team Knight Rider. The Dukes of Hazard was a childhood staple on TV. We weren't attuned to the southerns of it. It was just all American. Oh, yeah. Oh, I I kind of love that Knight Rider. What were the three? Knight Rider, Dukes of Hazard, and what? A-Team. And, and the A-Team. A-team. Like, yeah. that was America to the rest of the world. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm okay what, with, I'm with it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We all of them loved cars. <laughs> yep, you know uh, uh, stuff blowing up. Stuff blowing up. No, I think uh, uh, that's 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 fascinating, uh, and it's why partly that like I remember watching this video where people were asking uh, uh, people on the street in London to do American accents. It's oh, my favorite and, thing. And the two accent that you get, the two accents that you get the most are Southern and Valley Girl. Like uh, weirdly, it's not New York. It, it 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 is like like the most fun accent. I would say the most fun what, American what, what, accents like, to do like, are southern like, accents. If, if we were Valley to Coast. play the same game Midwest. in England, I would go immediately to Cockney because uh, yeah, 
Oh my God, not really. like I because I know Dick I Van could Dyke. do it. Dick Van Dyke cemented that, right? Uh, Mary Poppins. Yeah. I'm not familiar with the person. Dick Van Dyke. Mm. He had Famous. a show. He tripped no. over an ottoman. Mm. Now, remember that? No. Yeah. Iconic Ma- actor. But this lady, you. I'm were sorry, I don't comedian. see dicks. <laughs> So there was a Sutherland had retweeted something I'd seen before, which is this: there is a uh, an Italian singer uh, performer, Adriano Celentano, uh, who is amazing. He is like huge. He is imagine Mick Jagger and Jerry Lewis combined, and you get this guy. And uh, this is a song. So the smartest man on the planet. <laughs> just, just, just see, just see. I clicked the link. He did a song because in Italy. American oh, oh, songs. I know what you're about to talk really, about. This is amazing. Yes. This is my favorite thing on the planet. Yes, because American songs are so popular, but he realized nobody here speaks English. It doesn't oh, matter as long as yes. it sounds American. Ta- uh, ta- uh, take a listen, and we dare you, DMCA. We dare you to de- defile us. <laughs> Jagger, Jerry Lewis. So for, for, people, for people listening, this is not Italian. This is a, a, a gibberish that is meant to sound like some kind of upbeat version of Bob Dylan, right? Yep. I... On top of that, uh, musically, the composition True. seems so far ahead of its time. Uh, I it's think super this is, catchy. I don't know if it was 50s or 60s or... I think that's his wife, by the way. Uh, his son played Satan in uh, The Passion of Christ. Oh. Because one does. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, every time I watch, I have to watch it all the way through. Cause I'm like, this is so fun. It's so catchy, but you go like, oh yeah, I see how, like, I, I can't even understand lyrics and English songs of being in, you know, native speaker, but it's fascinating. You think like, yeah, people in other countries, like, but, 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 yeah. but you totally, totally get the vibe of, yep. uh, even if you don't understand a single thing, uh, speaking of which, which uh, for the record, no one did. Cause it was gibberish. <laughs> Uh, to there, there's a clip, a clip of them asking Will Smith on an Italian talk show, like, "Hey, this is a very popular song. Could you, could you explain this to us?" And you see just sort of the terror in his eyes as he's like, "What?" He's like, "That's not English," and he's like, "Not in on the joke, you know, because they know it's it was just a." Uh, so one of the the things that uh we found out if 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 we can slide into picks um. Uh, over the weekend, I watched uh, *Prey*, the new *Predators* mm-hmm. sequel. I preferred *Eat and Love*. *Eat and Love*. I I eat, I, I prefer. We're just moving it. We're moving. You it. don't have to one up his joke. You could just laugh. No, it took. A, no, that was me not getting the joke, <laughs> and then finally I got it. Oh, um, uh, 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 *Prey* is a very good movie. It's. Very good. And one of the things that came up was... It's a real knockout. 
J- Justin, what did you think of Prey? I liked it a lot. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Specifically, if I can land the transition before yeah. we talk about Prey, yeah, was that okay. uh, uh, we asked our, 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 our friend at the local sports bar uh, if he happened to have seen it. He said yes, and he said that he was excited to watch it again because apparently they're doing a version that is entirely in Comanche. Yeah, there, uh, there, there is a full Comanche language dub of the movie, and so uh, uh, the the Comanche main characters uh, speak English during the film, uh, uh, in the, you know, as to represent their native language. But you can hear it entirely in in Comanche, which uh, uh, I think would show how powerful of a visual and kinetic movie. Exactly. Uh, it was not until that moment that I realized how much of that story translates, even if you don't understand a single word of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, full disclosure, friend of, of the show, yeah. uh, Dan Chata, Trachtenberg. Shout out Dan Trachtenberg. Uh, uh, directed amazing. it. We're very excited. Yeah, yeah. Ama- uh, amazing work. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I've heard nothing but great stuff. 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is probably the highest Predator movie score it, ever. It is. So. I believe legitimately I'd, I'd have to go back and look again, but, but in my heart right now, it's the best predators movie since predator. Yeah. I, I think I that, yeah, that, uh, that franchise has had a hard time uh, because it, it seems to want to always overcomplicate <laughs> the very simple formula and like forgetting that, no, just put a bunch of people in a place and uh, uh, ha- have something stalk them. And then the predator shows up and boy, does he want to kill all of them. Make but sure you find that- out he's got weird rules and even weirder weapons. And then eventually he gets killed by the people. Did make, you like, make sure not see- to show the predator too much? Uh, uh, did you, you see, see Jaws? <laughs> did, did you see the behind the scenes of the, the Shane Black Predators movie? No. Some of the stuff like how, how much that story changed, which I wanted to see his version, but like literally there's predators you know operating machine guns in the back of hummers and fighting with humans and stuff oh, it's so like but oh, i mean wait, she wait. black like oh, oh no 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 what a wonderful idea because that's something we see all the time it's in sci-fi tropes is humans co-opting alien weapons but the idea of aliens co-opting human weapons is pretty dope. I mean, I think Shane Black is one of the best screenwriters of his generation. His his uh, batting average is remarkably uh, high, uh, but the fact that like that movie was so so famously kind of such a such a big tangled mess, and then it it released to very little fanfare. I still haven't seen it. Have you seen the the uh, what is it? The Predator is his movie. Uh, it's yeah. huge. It's huge. The Predator. Why did I say it twice? Why? Echo. Shane Black is the guy who wrote that. Uh, 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 he, he was there on set on the original Predator movie to punch up the script and just yeah. ended up being so awesome he was in the movie. Yeah. That's the joke he was telling. Got you. Uh, it oh. was about a woman's private parts. Got you. Yeah. That's, Got you. Yeah. They're so big. Uh, okay. Yeah. The Echo. The Echo. <laughs> so I like to talk about my pick. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> what do you got, Andrew? Uh, my, I'm going to pick, uh, this is a little bit of nepotism here. Actually, if you like Predator, I recommend Predator if it bleeds. Uh, no, not Predator if it bleeds. Sorry. Uh, Predator, I'm, gonna, I'm getting the wrong one. Uh, that's the one I'm in. I'm trying to pick. My wife wrote a story mm. in the Predator alien mythology. Oh. 
Um, and let me get the right a name. Two, of it, a two-predator household. They got it right there. <laughs> Double threat. Two predators in every garage. <laughs> uh, let me pull up the book. Uh, she wrote a story called Film School, which is about some student document students making a documentary who go to a planet where the predators or something had been. They don't know quite what's going on. There's like a colony got wiped away. And so that's the sort of story for that. Let me find out. Um, uh, well, here, uh, while you're looking that up, let me share just a, a very short story that I found out. Uh, 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 the uh, Amazon smart speaker, whose yes, name I whose will name not say. Whose name is ubiquitous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, continues to impress. I, I found out recently that uh, if you say the activation word and ask her to spell a word, she will do so. So I tested it with a simple word. I tested it with a complex word. And then, because I had to set a good example for my nine-year-old and my 14-year-old, I, I asked her to spell the word I cup. Gotcha. And it? she said, uh, I would rather not. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Which to me was even better. Even better. <laughs> even better that they even saw better. that coming. <laughs> Alien versus Predator, Ultimate Prey. There we go. Ah. Alien versus Predator, Ultimate Prey, and we are looking. It was for so the... hard to find this on Amazon. They got the worst SEO for that book. Sorry. And we are looking for the story by uh, Roshni uh, Batia. Okay, yeah, I didn't know if it was Roshni or Rush. So yeah, uh, uh, there we go. Go go get it uh, right now. Read it up. Um, good stuff. I can't believe both of you guys have written Predator uh, stories. That is so funny. <laughs> It's it's yeah. it's so awesome to oh. to have I know yeah to have Here friends I have a big where it's like <laughs> like no predator you, story you just casually find out that they're rock stars. <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, I've got a pick. Um, I've been watching this as it's been coming out. This is a new show on HBO Max, and um, there have been a lot of interesting conversations about this show about the nature of unscripted. Um, programming uh, or reality adjacent material and uh, uh, every week I think they've only got four or five four episodes out now I end up just amazed at how much money they spent on this <laughs> and how how <laughs> remarkably dangerous it is the thing that they did or it certainly made it seem this is the HBO uh, not even HBO Max this is the HBO show The Rehearsal with Nathan Fielder um, so the premise is that, um, to get people ready for difficult social situations, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be advantageous to rehearse that moment? Say if you needed to confess something or break bad news to somebody. So for example, in the first episode, uh, they, he goes out on Craigslist and finds someone who's got a regret, uh, and, and signs them up and say, Hey, we're going to do a rehearsal for you telling your friend this lie, this pretty small lie um basically like hey i've been pretending that i have a master's degree when i don't um and so they rehearse yes. that, that that that's a small lie uh, it it <laughs> it seems like if, if i went to a therapist <laughs> yeah. they had something on the wall that looked like a master's degree and then they confessed that they well, did maybe yeah. they don't really have it sure but this is your dream this is just your trivia friend this is just 
<laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. And so, okay. So rehearsing. They, hey, let's rehearse. Let's figure it out. Uh, and so they build an exact replica of the bar that they choose to go do this in. Not, wow, a very close, you got all of the, an exact replica <laughs> of this entire building in a soundstage. Um, uh, and so for like a week, they hire actors, including an actor for the best the friend that he's going to talk to. And they work through every con, every way that that conversation can go. And then they actually take, then the person actually goes and does it. And we follow that, that, um, and that's not even the show. That's just like a, a thing that they, that is a conceit in the first episode. But the, I, 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 it really dives into a lot of these themes that are very heavy to, to unpack in here, but to get, that just gives you a sense of the scale of the Nathan Fielder ideas that go on. I, and 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 for the uninitiated, this is the same guy that does uh, uh, Nathan for you. Yeah, the and and, and creates like uh, he did the 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 what was it? Crappy Starbucks or something? Or? Uh, bad yeah. Starbucks, crappy Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he is. You know, Nathan for you was about businesses becoming more successful, uh, uh, and and so he would pitch them these ideas. Many of them wound up going viral while they were filming and then you found out like during the show being aired like oh that was because it was a nathan for you thing would would it be accurate bryce and i'm speculating here because i haven't seen it that it it sounds like what you're describing is what extroverts tend to do naturally is talk things out with anyone who will listen to them and practice and rehearse where they're headed uh, uh, and introverts mm-hmm. don't tend to do that. Is it is it taking introverts and actually creating a literal world for them to practice in? Or no, I think it is more. There is a lot more that I think the show says about this style of show and Nathan Fielder's own style of getting people on the show. You know, if you've seen the shows, it's not like they get not necessarily like they get the most well-adjusted people to be in front of camera. It's a lot of like. Oh, oddballs! It's a it's a little bit of look at this uh, genuine unicorn. And so that's like the that is what that genre is known for. And this show it goes out of its way at at one point to like put Nathan in the shoes of of someone who goes through the process of being on a TV show. Of oh hey you you have to sign this release and like actually addressing that. Because 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 part of the conversation before it came up in the show was like, how abusive are these shows? Like, how 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 much can you soft trick people into doing things on camera that they probably wouldn't have decided to do on their own? And can I share a story? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yes, you uh, can. But before you do, I, I have to know, Bryce. Uh, do they successfully get Nathan out of his comfort zone? Uh. It's not about his comfort. Okay, zone. Right. it is interest. It is introspective of him and and the ideas uh, that. But he's he still the master part. of the world, right? Uh, Andrew, he, what was your what was your story? Yeah, yeah, he's a character, anyways. Yeah, he's he's yeah. very calculated. Uh, when I did I had my TV show for A and E, um, you know, magic prank show, and having been an extra, having worked as an extra on shows, and knowing how you're treated kind of like a prop, like go stand here. Now you're done. Get out of here. Why are you still here? Run faster. You know, call out the dogs. It can be frustrating because you just, you're excited yeah, to be part fee, of something. The relation yeah, fee. You, you can, 
It's rough. <laughs> you can be you're excited to be part of it, but then the machine is moving. The machine doesn't have time to stop and tell you, "Hey, you're great. Thank you. This is awesome." It's you know, it's up to a PA to do this. So I wanted to make sure that like when people, because you know, to do a show, like you've got to shoot a bunch of people, you got to capture a yeah. bunch of people to get the moments, to get whatever, and just sort of just run them through to find the right people who click, who don't forget there's cameras there, whatever or what. And so you shoot a lot of lot of lot of people to do this. So I still said, you know what? I don't want it to be. I want to make sure that every person, I just give them a moment when the camera stopped to say, hey, thank you. I really appreciate this. This means a lot to me. And so every person that we did this for, I would we're shooting our pilot. You know, once they said stop, like, all right, Andy, we got to go to the next location. I'm like, cool. I'd be like, hey, listen, thank you so much. I really appreciate you doing this. It means a lot to me. Thank you. And remember, these are people where I'm doing stuff like stealing their wallets and yeah. ripping up their money and just doing horrific sociopathic things too. But then I stop and I do that. So we were doing a stunt where I was making people's cars disappear and then reappear impaled on a street lamp, which like legit, like they had no idea how we we're doing this. It was a very complicated Rube Goldberg sort of means of which doing this. But uh, I go and I, I, you know, I do this to a woman, make her car disappear. And then, and then she's like, I need my car back. I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, let me help you out. And I do the thing. I hold your hands out here. And she hands me her purse. And I'm like, oh, this is perfect. So I just grab her purse and I just run away with her purse. Right. <laughs> and so I'm taking her car and her purse. Okay. And then, and then, so, which is funny, but then, once we're like, okay, cool, we got it. I go back to her, I hand it to her, and she's laughing hysterically because it was just so much fun. I go, hey, just thank you so much. And she reaches out and she hugs. Now we cut, right? We'd cut the camera, whatever. She reaches out, she hugs me and goes, oh, this is great. I, I just, I can't believe this was so much fun or whatever. I'm like, cool. Fast forward, we've got an at rough cut of the, of the pilot. And the network's like, um, we know Andrew's really likable. But he comes across as kind of like a serial, a sociopath here, because all you see is me just doing these evil things, cut to the next evil thing, cut to the next evil thing. And they'd like me because in the room, I'm this very warm, friendly guy. Yeah. And they're like, ah, what do we do? They went through the footage and they found that a cameraman had set his camera down on the ground and it was pointing right at when I went up to the woman and said, hey, thank you so much. And she oh, hugged me great. and whatever. And they had it on audio. They put that back in there and the network goes, yes. They go, oh, this is who he is. This yeah. is, they go, oh, we get it. This is people like him. People are having fun with this. And that was, that's how the show became, happened because uh, they I, caught that moment. I, I remember reading it. I wish I could access where I read it. I, I hope it's true. But uh, at some point I read that people remember the first moment they meet you and they remember the last moment that they see you. And everything in the middle gets a, a, a bit lost in, in terms of judging how they think of you. Uh, 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 God, I hope that's true, because in, in, in that case, uh, uh, you, you played all of that masterfully. Uh, just, just to put on the, a button on the rehearsal, uh, so, so the, the episode that came out this week, it's on Fridays, I think, uh, episode four, uh, it ends... Uh, when you when you watch this episode, I won't describe it, but when when you watch this episode, something really dramatic happens at the end of it, um, and uh, uh, the feeling that I had towards watching that, I have never had. I'm I, I, a, a television show has never made me feel that. Uh, uh, I, I was scared. I thought I was about to see something really 
really bad. Traumatic, traumatizing. And uh, that changed the entire, to me, that changed the, the, the text of the show so much of like, man, like, you know, there's a question of how much are these people being coerced into X or Y or Z, but how much of the, as a viewer, am I being coerced into watching something? I, I didn't know I was signing up for this. And even if you, if you watch and see and think about what is going on, I didn't, I, I, even for a minute, I, I, there's, there's some tough questions here. It is difficult. It is kind of some of the cringy sort of comedy, um, that Nathan Fielder show has, but, uh, I am just in awe of how expensive, how many, how many people were involved in this, how many actors they openly hire. There is a point where he's giving a acting class. He's he's and they they have a big sign up front, HBO credit guaranteed, and so you get a couple of people come in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Well, you know, I thought the class went good, but I just I I want to know if I did it well." So we hired some actors and we looked at the footage and we trained the actors to play the students from that acting class that we filmed. And so, <laughs> uh, and he stood in as one of, and I'm going to sit in as one of the students to really understand. And then he uses that information to like make the next class better. And then they rehearse that. Like there is, I'm just, I don't know how much bigger they're going to make this because they had to hire a lot of people for a very long time to I mean, do these big stunts. Well, I, I, Not even stunts. I, I, I'm glad he got that budget approved before the new bosses came in because <laughs> I don't. I don't know if uh, I don't know if season two is going to have those same zeros. Uh, uh-huh. Also, uh, 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 gather round, grandchildren. This is how we made fantasies real before Dolly. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Oh man. It, uh, so anyway, the rehearsal. <laughs> the rehearsal. It's on HBO. Uh, I think it's great. Check it out. Good times. Uh, I'll Just, make mine fast. On the way back to America, I watched The Wedding Singer. Oh. Uh, perfect script. It's like one of those movies where you look back and you're like, like, oh, like, what is, if you're like studying screenwriting, like where every scene leads to the next thing and all the characters mean something and, and they're all on these kind of journeys, everything sort of connects, everything unfolds at, at, at the right pace. The, the humor is hilarious. Uh, uh, the, the acting is awesome uh uh you know i was just looking to kill time on a plane and watch something that i remembered because i was wanted to be able to fall asleep during it but i didn't because it's an hour and a half of pure joy boy peak drew barrymore oh my god what what a what a just a a a, a mega explosion of quiet charisma uh, there's a slash film article that i have not read yet but i uh intend to and i hope other people do where they uh, basically the headline is Adam Sandler movies. It's kind of hard to figure out which ones are good. <laughs> Here's what we think. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I kind of feel like there's... The question isn't, are Adam Sandler movies good? The question is, are you the target demo for Adam Sandler Oh, movies? no, no, no. His range, though, is like, like, like uh, uh, what was it? Uncut Gems to, to Punch Drunk Love to Happy Gilmore to yeah, uh, yeah I mean, Jack and Jill. I mean, it's like... Well, the, to, but to, to, those to, are different movies for different audiences. Exactly. Correct. What, so, like so, Grown so, Ups, Jack and Jill, stuff like that. Those are effectively kids' movies. They, they are, they are family-friendly, very broad, you know, uh, kids and family movies. Uh, uh, obviously for the, the ones that I grew up on when I was the exact target demo, like Happy Gilmore and, and uh, Billy Madison and stuff like that. 
that was very much dedicated toward this kind of juvenile element. The Wedding Singer was a bridge, and and he's done a lot of very sweet rom-coms for which he has uh, gained acclaim. And then, like you mentioned, with Punch Drug Love and Uncut Gems, he's established himself as a very credible, like uh, like a serious actor. I mean, I mean, and 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 not just credible and serious, but like insanely good. He's insanely good. Uncut Gems made me uncomfortable in the way, Bryce, that that you were describing the end of the uh, the rehearsal did. Yeah, someone didn't grow up with a gambling addict. Uh, <laughs> <All right>. uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I would I would say... Uh, would yeah, that make maybe, you maybe, more comfortable? No, it made me feel like I was back at home. It made me feel nostalgic. <laughs> Some, somebody, somebody, somebody sweating the over of a regular season NBA game they had no knowledge about? Like, oh, my God. It's like, oh, geez. I need the heat. Unlocking so many of these memories. Uh but yeah, no, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, Adam Sandler, people forget that when he made that deal with Netflix back in the day, that was one of the first big deals that Netflix made. And guess what? It paid off for everybody. Yeah. That is a Hollywood deal for which they kept everybody won. They kept that. Yeah, they I'm sure they finished that deal out and are making even like my friends were talking about that Halloween movie he made. The Hubie Halloween. Hubie Halloween. I, I like that movie. Yeah, that was fun. it's like it's like. That's not a I, dramatic thing. That's another just like a goofball, yeah, goofy comedy. I my I've said this before. My the thing I love about Adam Sandler movies and, and the one if you have to go and the things that he's produced like Bench Warmers and other stuff too. Like like uh, every if you watch his movies, they go ah people go ah, it's a bunch of fart jokes stuff like this. Like oh, but there's a humanity there because the, the 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 moral is that everybody's worthy of love. Yeah, you can be the most weird out there sort of person. But you you deserve kindness. You may not. You may get you know some you know face plants. You may go through some abuse. You may be something else. But you're all the, the weirdest of us are worthy of love. And you look you look at that theme. You look there like oh there's a humanity there that yeah. I watch other movies like oh I love this. I'm like hey, it was cold. It was like it showed that you know they were categorized people too much. Where I thought that you know that's what I liked about them is that they just there was actually humanity there. Uh, I listened to an interview with uh, Drew Barrymore and she was talking about. 50 first dates that they were so they both loved the wedding singer so much. It was such a gigantic success for them that they were nervous about doing the next thing because they didn't want it to reflect on the wedding singer. Uh, but Drew Barrymore for a while was trying to produce 50 first dates as a very serious and sweet movie. And mm. it never was able to get off the ground. Next thing you know, it falls into a few people's hands and then she finds out that Adam Sandler has it and he's rewriting it as a very goofy, very broad, you know, kind of Adam Sandler movie. And she came to him and was like, hey, look, I think this is our next project together. It's a worthy successor to The Wedding Singer. And they spent like six months together working on that script to try to meld those two tones. And and I think it succeed,ed although it's been a while since I've seen it. That's a good movie. It's no, a movie super sweet movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good movie. There yeah. we go. Wedding uh, Singer. Big fans. Adam Sandler. Gentlemen, I have the microphone and you don't. It's been weird. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.